to you and you lean back? Oh, yeah. yeah, he can do it. He can do it. Uh, we're, uh, good. Uh, we're, yeah, good. we're good. We're yeah. good. We're golden. Are we recording yet? Because oh, I we've been just... recording for like the last eight minutes. I mean, we always Why press record early. Does every big ass motherfucking King Kong dick motherfucker have to get killed? Oh, Why? Man, I, I messaged. I, I like. I messaged I like Chris like as soon as I read that part, and I was like, oh. Nate's going to be so sad. Dude, every time someone's like, bro, I'm here to fuck shit up, they're dead. Fuck. They get killed. Why? They only get fucked shit up so so long. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. he, he was stained. Was he was stained. He was lucky he lasted that long. But yeah. like... Why? Did you have to like, make him die and that was Same. the one thing that would make his sister be like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll help these fuckers out. <laughs> I mean, she like, was already kind of on their fence. Ex exactly. So why kill them off? Because, because it pisses people, people have you, to you like die. you off. <laughs> At least he died happy. Like off, he died with a smile on his face. Yeah, you know, I, w I was happy. I was like, dude, at least he like felt like, I don't know, he died free and, and honorable. But at the same time, I was like, bro, plus, why, why did he have to die? Plus, in the end, th did you ever see Grindhouse? Yeah. I remember the, I forgot I can't remember the one with with Kurt Russell where he's in he's like the stunt yeah, driver. Yeah, death proof. Death yeah, proof. death proof. And they all kick his ass at the end. I mean, that's basically mm -hmm. what happened to the person that killed him. Yeah. <laughs> he got grind housed. <laughs> Gross. Well, since we didn't really have an intro, welcome back to Casual Outlaws. We're talking about Morningstar, book 3 of the Red Rising Saga by Pierce Brown. Once again, my favorite characters die. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just like... I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. It just pissed me off. I was like, bro, why you gotta kill... Like, you gotta kill off the big dude that was like, you know, not all there. Learning to be free. He's innocent. I mean, I wouldn't say innocent. <laughs> yeah, he was innocent. <laughs> he was innocent enough. <laughs> he was... He was... It's my boy. He was, encumbered, he was encumbered from his upbringing. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> innocent. But yeah, I was so pissed when he died. And then like, I was just like, he's talking to his sister and like, he's reaching out to like nothing. And everyone's like looking up like, what the fuck is, he is fucking, this guy is, seeing? Is blazed right now? Yeah. And I'm like, tear. <laughs> <laughs> like... Why? Oh, dude, you it should ask Chris. So I was pissed off while I was getting to the end of the book. Cause yeah, it was great. I was like, what the fuck? Darrow's a fucking moron. What the fucking shit motherfucker? And it was a fucking psych out. Yeah. Didn't die. I was, I, and, I, and I egged him on, too. I was like, yeah, people die, man. Because <laughs> that's oh, just Chris's oh, thing. Yeah. I, I immediately saw that it was a double fake at the end there. Because uh, as soon as they killed... Uh, Severo, uh, Severo, thank you. Um, I was just like, wait, we we already killed a character this book. This doesn't make any fucking sense. This is just like annoying writing. And then it's just like, oh, okay, there. It's a it's a double fake. Like they're gonna they're using it to buy their way on board. The only question I had at that point was, is Cassius in on it, or are they also trying to make me think that they're tricking Cassius at the exact same time? 
Yeah, um, when he when he first grabbed the pistol, I was like, please tell me it's a trick pistol. Please tell me it's a trick pistol. But then you see the blood, and I was like, oh, shit, no. I don't think it's a trick pistol. I'm like, it could just be squibs or whatever. I think I think they just want to... They just want to, like, pretend like they're... I think it's really smart. I, I don't know. Like, it's... He thought it was a lot smarter than it was because I thought this whole book was kind of boring and predictable. Can I just say, I really wish, like... I've liked Severo all the time. But did anyone else get the sense that he just, like, became a fucking incompetent child in this book? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they like, like they, just, they touched I, on, I they touch on that exactly. They're like, yeah, no, he's... They made, him, they made him just completely suck for the first, like... Yeah. 60% of this book and then they kind of fixed it. They did like the they did a course correction with them. Um I don't know. I just I mean I they did like, explain it basically saying that like once they had that execution for Darrow that he kind of just went off the deep end there. Yeah, with it. I mean, no, his dad published dying, the video right. of him getting yeah, carved but, and all that stuff and he kind of was so just he like finds he didn't Darrow, know where he was though, going. and he's still a little bitch. Yeah, but Severo was never like stable. Yeah, yeah, he was never a stable yeah. person. He's to not begin a stable with. element, right? He was already a fucked up person, and then like his dad died after. Like, like he's he's he really actually, you, you point him yeah. at a goal and he'll achieve and he'll it, go. but yeah, yeah. he doesn't have his own goal. That's the problem. So, but his goal yeah. is to like save save Darrow, right? And he did it, so, and so he does it, and then so still after Darrow is like giving him those goals to follow, he's just making stupid calls and just kind of being like, yeah, fuck this guy. You know what? I'm going to kill this guy. Even though we well, shouldn't. He, he took him. on the role of Ares. Darrow was supposedly yeah. dead. So he's like, all right, I'm the leader now. I have no fucking idea how to be one, but let's see what happens. Then he frees Darrow. And then he's all like, all right, you're back. This is good. Shit's going to start getting great again, right? But at the same time, he's like, I don't know if you're ready. And also Darrow himself is not sure if he's ready. He's all kind of fucked up from, what was it? Three months of torture and then nine months in a box? Yeah. yeah. Six months in a box, I thought. I thought the whole thing was nine months long because uh, they wanted the, the metaphor of it being like a, a birth. I think it was nine months in the box. I don't know. Okay. I just... Either way... I literally thought when Ragnar was dying, I was like, you got to kill Ragnar instead of this little bitch over here. <laughs> like, I was like... Fuck this book. That's excellent. And then, as excellent much as I saw, <laughs> as, much as, as much as I saw that, like, oh, it's a little ploy for several getting killed, it pissed me off because I was like, fuck you. You deserve to die, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was just at the honestly, point, like, I was already honestly, in my head, like, I, I don't like I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with it because of the whole thing of just, like, Every single time that Darrow's like, oh, no, I, I trust this person. We'll, we'll be fine. Bad things just happen to him. So I thought, I oh, know. hey, no, bad things are just happening to him again. No, uh, they couldn't do it that way. I don't think this time. Like, it felt it felt super obvious because it's the whole the whole series. The, the guy only has one trick, which is like having everything be a gambit. Like everybody's like hiding in rocks, waiting for the perfect moment to jump out. So every so it always the the it has to look like we're losing a bit before we can even pretend like we're winning a bit. Is every single conflict in these books, except for the whole red wedding? Because that that was definitely just no, you guys are losing. 
Well, that's just the ending. Like that wasn't that was that was a uh, that's just an event that happens. Uh, it's I mean, it not seemed pretty like conflicting. How... People dying, people getting shot. No, in the back it was by their sister. It was one. It was one thing. It wasn't a conflict. It was just a massacre. There's a difference there. I mean, there's a conflict there. It's a conflict of interest. These people want to live. These people want Aren't those people. Dumb dead. fucking face, you stupid fuck. Jesus like, Christ, you, know exactly you have so many I'm fucking issues. About. My God, you you have some. Ang- Did you not smash the other week or something? Is that why you're so angry? Where are we going with this? Back well, to I'm the book. Like he he has he has a book. fucking issue apparently because he's just uh, always angry. Settle down, settle down. He does make a point. I, I mean, like- the, the book does have a formula. It for sure, right? Yeah. Like they books have formulas. Like you understand. Like all right, something bad's gonna happen, so it can peak and like there's. It, that's just the book's formula. You can tell, especially but when you get into this one, you're like, oh, okay, I see how it's gonna. That's just how the writer writes his stories. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, I agree. I really but, wish um, they would have. So the whole thing with Cassius turning had something to do with that video showing him uh, his family getting massacred by um, the jackals people. Kind of really wish they touched more on that, like at some point talking about how the Bologna's got massacred. Because one thing we heard was, oh, they defeated their fleet. But the whole thing with the Golds is taking ships, not just completely massacring everybody when they're Golds. Yeah. So I was like, this is the, it kind of came out of left field for me. It was just like, oh, no, their whole family's just gone. It's just him. He's yeah, the last I, one. I didn't really see why Cassius switched sides all of a sudden. Especially after they didn't give Roke the ability to switch sides. Like, having Cassius do it all of a sudden seems dumb. Um, I mean, no, they, he definitely forced. gave Roke a chance to switch sides. He was like, don't do it. You can I'm do talking it. about the author here not doing it. Like, he just wouldn't let him do it. Even though, like, the book's talking about how great he Roke is or whatever. Like, the book, like, wants to make you think that Roke needs to be saved. But the book will, just won't let it happen. Um, but for some reason, it lets Cassius do it, even though Cassius feels, uh, I don't know what I want to say, like more shitty as a, of a human being. Like they don't, they don't praise him in the same way that they praise Roke, I guess. Yeah. I, th- I think the only thing for Roke is Roke actually believes in society. Yeah. Right. He I believes think- in gold. He doesn't yeah, believe in equality of, of the different colors and stuff like that. Like he truly believes in the society. And for Cassius, yeah. he's just depiction? lying to himself saying that, like, oh, it's for honor. Yeah, yeah. And I think Cassius is only, like, Cass- he's kind Cassius of a, is just a, fucking a lost. lost. Man. Like, everybody, yeah. He, yeah, everyone he was close to is lost. He's a lost man. He's trying to live by honor and realizes it's a shit world. His real fucked up version of honor, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah. Think, yeah. I think Cassius was depicted in the exact same way. Um, not, I don't know as much because you never see the conversations with Darrow and Cassius as much as with Roke throughout the books because he's on the other side, right? And it's first person view, but definitely a conversation with Roke and, and stuff like that. You really, I thought it really painted him as a yeah. person that just believes in gold and maybe and gold. Prior to the whole getting stabbed in the stomach thing in the first book, I think he was closer to Cassius than he was Roke or even Severo. Yeah, I mean, they had initial. I don't know. Bond. I thought I yeah. thought the way that it, they phrased it is that Roke kind of became his rock after the first book. He leaned on Roke more, but he was always about 
Cassius, it seemed. Like he yeah, was, I think he, he always, always had an affinity for Cassius. I thought he hated Cassius. him. I thought he hated him. He he started hating him, but at the same time, he always had that inner monologue where he's like, "No, I he can he can change." He also had a mutual respect for Cassius, I think. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, that's like, how I I always read it. Yeah, but yeah. before 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 the 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 stabbing in the first book, like it was it was him, Cassius, and Roke in basically that order, and then. Severo afterwards is the one who filled in for Cassius. Yeah, that's the first book. I, th- I think the second book he kind of talked. He kind of makes it seem like Roke is basically like his lover. I mean, not literally, oh, but like spiritually. I mean, Roke, it, Roke, basically. Like the, I mean, the first, the second book was always like, oh, I need to fix that friendship. I need to fix that friendship. Yeah. And then obviously the betrayal happens because he never goes and tries well, to yeah, like, really they, fix the they, bond. They try right. and phrase it in the second book that they're so close that he had to uh, knock him unconscious so he could like that's the one person uh, he wanted to save. Like that's the one person in all of gold that that he wanted to save, right? Well, I mean, he. I think at that time when he knocked him out, he was the only one from the institute he was really hanging out with in that location, yeah, right? Victor, because he was, wasn't. Victor, he wasn't hanging out with Mustang. Uh, yeah, Victor Mustang. wasn't in the institute with right. him. That's what I'm right. saying is that so uh, at the, it, it just happened to be he happened to be there and he's the only one there so he's gonna knock him out kind of thing that's how I saw it I didn't really see it as yeah because at the they have like that super bond at, at the war college it. as we want to call it um, Roke basically was like I'm just gonna attach myself over here to Darrow because he's a rising star and he was with it was what that was three years after the first book right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. They had yeah. three so, more years together, and then in those three years, together. the Bolonas, so Cash's family, have been trying to fucking kill him. Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, I'm it, not saying he didn't have he wasn't close to Roke, yeah. but I don't I don't think it was. I don't know. I think I think in the second book it just showed how far they drifted apart. apart. Yeah, I think yeah, but I think the amount that they drifted apart had to show like how close they were because it felt like it was a big. Like yeah, it was a big drift. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. he's still red, and he he and Roke doesn't believe in that. He believes in society. I mean, right? that means nothing though for Darrow. I know that means nothing for Darrow, but it means something for Roke, right? Right, but in terms of like who Darrow would want to save the most, I guess. Well, I, I mean, like- the only other person he was really close to that was going to be there was Roke, and. Remember, bef- before that poisoning, he got they, they lit that fire under him again by showing him that extra footage of his wife saying that she was pregnant. Uh, so he was like, okay, yeah, fuck gold, burn them all. Uh, but then, like, immediately after that, he's still like, yeah, fuck gold, fuck gold. But he's still like, but... And he does change his mind, like, in the middle of, of that whole conflict there. So... He 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 must have been harboring those feelings all the way through. Okay. Plus, they always describe Roke as a as like a fucking romantic and a poet. He's like, ah, eh, he's not really kind of gold. And then he he just goes full gold. They give him a fleet, and he's like, oh, this this is where I excel. Very warm. Definitely gets evil with that fleet. 
Like when he's fucking <laughs> telling what's his name, like, oh, I'm going to come back and destroy everybody <laughs> with my fleet. I did like that whole um, that whole uh, sequence when they are in the uh, the yeah. Helldiver <laughs> vehicles and they just fucking go in. I like the book. I thought it was great. The one thing I will say is that uh, with the second book, a lot of things kind of just happened. Like you didn't see any of the planning going into play. Like when they when they go back and they get. Um, the guy who betrayed Augustus. Um, like it just like all the parts just kind of fall in and it happens and they get through da 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 da. But like in this one, you kind of see things kind of coming together. He's like, no, we're going to, we're going to go over here. We're going to do this. And then they do that. And then they start coming back. I'm like, we're going to go over here. We're going to tell them we're going over here, but we're going to do this. Like you see the things actually coming together as opposed to just like, yeah, all the planning happened in the background. We never saw it happen. Uh, I mean, it's better in this book. I think this book still has a big problem of things just happening off camera. Like, the whole the whole plan at the end of this book to, you know, have Severo play dead and they're gonna sneak their way under the ship. Like, they form this whole big plan off camera on us. Like, all plans in this book happen off camera, for the most part. And then w it tries to, like, tell us that everybody's really genius because they lied in wait and waited for the moon to orbit or because they are like yeah we're going to be able to buy our way into the the throne room all of the like characters thinking planning coming up with stuff happens off screen it feels a little bit less obvious than it did in the last book because like you had what's his face betray him after uh fucking caesar was uh saying like trust me this guy's not going to betray me in the next scene I, do I look like an idiot too? And then he betrays him in the next scene. Like that kind of like really jarring off screen stuff wasn't really in this book, but it's still too much stuff happens off screen for my taste. I actually prefer it. I don't need to know the, the, the nitty gritty. You don't need like the filler. Just, just, yeah, just take me into the action. That's fine. I think it's okay to hide some information, but it just becomes one of those very repeatable patterns where like it's it the book is trying to like scare you being like oh things are things are falling out of control but actually it turns out uh this is uh justice keikaku uh we were planning this the whole time uh you revealed my trap card uh yeah that's why i like i don't mind it i expect like that's fine like, it doesn't bother me it's fine i just think it's predictable. It doesn't bother me it's, it's boring i'm just like Oh my god, just do the thing already because I know you're going to do it. Oh, okay, you finally did it. Jesus I mean, Christ. You, what you, is the you think more deeply about this kind of stuff than I do, and I, I'm just like, I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> right? I'm just like, all right, I just want just to be entertained. Like, I don't need to think deeply about it. It's just, it's like a popcorn flick of books. Yeah, kind of. I just think that, yeah. I don't know. I hate how the main character doesn't seem to have a thesis other than it's about family. Works hey, for Fast and the Furious. Dude, it's literally my favorite, one of my favorite franchises of all time. <laughs> yeah, I, no, no, no. That's <laughs> like fine. that's not a problem for me. <laughs> but like, Fast and, cool Fast and Furious doesn't pretend to be like really smart or deep or anything like that. It knows it's dumb, and I think this book has ambitions of brilliance. But I don't. I just think it's way too dumb. I mean, I don't. 
think that. I think you're just reading into it too much. I think you're reading into it. Like again, I this series is a popcorn flick. So obviously, I don't think that because I'm just here for the show. <laughs> it's also, I I'm pretty sure, a young adult series. So, I, I yeah, it's, it definitely started off as a YA book. Yeah. Um, I, I will say the writer. I mean, the first book is his first book, right? Yeah. And you could definitely tell the writer's gotten better book over book, but um, that's fine. Writer's bad. That's that's so. Here's the difference. Like Sanderson books, I'll probably never reread those books ever again because they're just too dense. Um, there's too many lulls for me to be entertained, and I I'm seeking when I read entertainment or enjoy entertainment, I just want to be entertained, and I don't find that. Like, and there's fun. only so many times you can read an entire paragraph about how the creme formed on this one thing. Yeah. So I, as much as I love the Sanderson books, I'll never redo it. That's so fucking true. Right. But this series, I'll do again because I just want like. Just fun. I want some action. I want some quippy dialogue. I want some uh, cool banter back and forth. And this book gives that to me. And that's that's the difference. I don't think this book has good banter. I think it's fantastic banter. I love the dialogue that they have with each other. I think it's simple and easy. Yeah. I think and Chris, it's simple, Chris yeah. likes using all of the uh, slang terms from there as well. Yeah, yeah, it's just fun. It's just fun for me. Like I like the little world that they built and the, the different things. It's just fun. Um, and I'll probably continue to keep rereading this book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're doing Iron Gold next, so there you go. Like I'll, I'll this this is uh, my second run through, and I'll probably keep doing it, much like Dresden Files. I'll probably do every year. I'll probably go through the series, like I do with Dresden Files. I'm on Turncoat now, actually. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just depends what you're going into a book series for, I guess. So recommend? I mean, I recommend. I recommend this book to I, anyone that yeah, just wants something fun. Recommend. Right? Yeah. That's um, just one of those things. I don't know. I this really book was... Like, uh, what was that, Nate? That? I was just going to touch on, like, our, our, when Ragnar died. Um, <laughs> 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 as much as it sucked, uh, I really liked the whole... Like Valkyrie, sisters, with obsidians. yeah, with the whole. Oh, when she just thing. fucks I, people up in there. Yeah, dude. I just and but like you, I don't know. You, she they walk into like uh, Ragnar's mom's room, and she's just like they describe how Ragnar's just on her lap, and he's she's like fucking and she's fucking and, huge. And she's just like this giant Valkyrie woman. I was like, bro, that's fucking cool. I just really like that whole description of his family i thought that was fucking dope yeah i really like the obsidians and all that like these these otherworldly huge creatures that have been enslaved by like these smaller gods like i just thought it was super weird and i was just like bro what do they have to be fucking afraid of technology <laughs> the technology yeah. Yeah, yeah but they were just like i don't know i just thought that was really fucking cool and yeah fuck so Iron Gold, that died. that's like a ten year skip, right? Something like that. Uh, I'm wondering if like the Obsidians are a problem again after ten years. Yeah, because didn't they have to? Like, I have no idea. You do have an idea. You're just not going to tell us. Didn't they have to like kill the Obsidians in the past or something like that? And then, yeah, that's like, the reason why the Obsidians them. are like Norse is because they I think they rebelled at some point and they were like <laughs> the one big threat to the Golds because they're just 
basically bred to fuck shit up. But how did the how did the golds did it go over like how the golds like in a way enslaved them? Probably just kind of they, they probably just is? nuked the fuck out of them, and then yeah, they just nuke the fuck out of them, and then take whatever survived the and just make them primitive. Just take away all knowledge yeah. from them. They created a religion for them to worship, and, and then they stuff carved like a bunch and, of fake creatures yeah. around where they put them to keep them in place. Yeah, they created a mythology around the golds and all that stuff, and then forced it over generations. Yeah, because the mom knew about it. They yeah. knew that like golds weren't really gods and shit. Some of them were in the know, but at the same time, like even if they're in the know, it's still one obsidian or a couple of obsidians against people with a lot of fucking high-tech weaponry. I like them. Would have been cool to see like the Valkyries right into fucking battle on like Griffins and shit, though. Yeah, that would have been fucking dope. But I really like their whole mythology around the Obsidians. They're like pretty fucking cool. Pretty fucking cool. They're pretty cool. <laughs> I like them. <laughs> I need more Ragnar, though. Yeah, well, he's dead. That's not happening. Eh, you know what, dude? I want a series. I want a side series about Ragnar growing up, going through the trials. I'd fucking getting that stained. Shit. He's just like 14 years old, like, I'm going to be a badass. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd read that little side clip. <laughs> I mean, so we had Pax in the first book. So we got a big guy who just kicks ass. And then we got Ragnar There's in the second book, in the big guy who book. kicks ass. Third book, Ragnar's still there. Big guy kicks ass until he dies. I imagine there's going to be another big guy that kicks ass in Iron Gold. I feel like in the first book, like, because... Pax was the the name he drew out and had to kill. I feel like he was like, well, I guess I'm just going to kill every big cool guy from now on. Just to fuck with Nate. Yeah. He, he, just, he found out about Nate. He's like, fuck you in particular. Yeah, but, I think trying to... I think killing characters is a tool that the author discovered. I was like, hey, this worked pretty well one time. I'm just going to keep using this tool over and over again to get really dramatic moments out of it. Yeah, I want to say even the authors admitted that, like, publicly. It's like, I just like killing off characters that people like. Change it up. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure the authors admitted that. I mean, that's that's my complaint with these yeah. books, is that the author is kind of predictable with things. In terms of, like, doing those gambits that I mentioned, like, those are really obvious. He's going to kill, you know, really audience-heavy favorite characters because he likes the big, impactful moment because they just feel like things that belong in a book. I just think... You could put, you could set your watch to it. Yeah, that's I how I. What upset me about it is like, he chose Pax in the first one, and then like, so now because of that, like he's just sticking to his guns in the whole, the big strong guy. Or maybe maybe he like, just may, maybe these are his favorite characters, and because they're his favorites, he's like, I gotta kill him before I turn him into Mary Sue's. Well, I think it, I think what he does is he reads what the uh, the fans like and go, oh, okay. I, just I see jumps on the really subreddit. He's Ragnar. like, all right, who does everyone? Oh, yeah, that guy's fun. Hey, everyone really that likes Ragnar. Fun. All right, book three. He's out. Off too is like as soon as that <laughs> so whole angry about this. that whole conflict that starts right in the ice, and Darrow's like looking at fucking what's her name and like remembering back to like his teacher going oh if you have to fight anyone do not fight this bitch and I was just like 
great. Ragnar's about to fucking die. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah. Uh, I think things happen in this book because the, uh, like, I don't know. I think that when I, when I, when I think of like a good book, I think it's more like this story happened. Like, it, like it, it's a thing that actually happened and not like things are happening in this book because the author wanted them to happen or thought he needed something to happen here. And this book feels very much like the latter, where all the things that are happening are very transparent to me of what the author thinks he needs to have a good book instead of like just being part of a natural story. I think, I think that, like Chris said, he's a new writer. And I think he's just, he is paying attention to what the fans like and kind of playing off of that. Maybe a little yeah. bit more than a, than, than a more experienced author, but I still yeah. enjoy it. You know, also also read his stuff. I just like the the little world he's built with Red Rising. Like Chris, I don't know, simple and easy. This book started reminding me again that I think the author might be a fascist in terms of like having that Silver, who's like some kind of anarcho capitalist, who was a founding member of the the Rising for some reason. Quicksilver, Um, yeah, Quicksilver. Like they they worked, they moved really quickly to make him a good guy. Just like we need to force this through. We're not gonna try and set this up at all because we don't have time to set this up at all. Uh, Actually, you get to know more about Quicksilver in the prequel book, Rise of Ares. Nerd. Did, the prequel book, did the prequel book come out? I know. I know what you're saying. I, after. I, I know. I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, that's retconning. I just, it's fine. It, just feels, it's it doesn't not, bother. Again, it doesn't bother me because I'm, I'm not thinking deeply about this stuff. Like, it doesn't matter to me. But I get why. I, I totally recognize why you feel the way you feel. I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong either. It just doesn't bother. Right? It just doesn't bother me. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go back to Ragnar again real quick. <laughs> go on. <laughs> The only thing that made his death enjoyable was the fact that, like, right when he was dying, he talks to uh, Daryl and he's like, I will build you a house with your wife in the afterlife. And he's like, but I'm a crappy builder. <laughs> so it's so like, yeah. like, take your time. Don't die too quick. Take your time because <laughs> I'm not a carpenter. <laughs> I suck Here, at building shit. I will, I will say a nice thing about this author's writing. I think that the dynamics between characters are very good. That's my favorite part is the dynamics between characters. Yeah, I just yeah. think that all of the the story around it is complete dog shit and really bad, and he needs to work on that. Yeah, that's fair. Sir, I mean, I don't think it's dog shit, but I, I don't do. think it's, I don't think it's up here so either. Predictable. But... Oh, it's so bad. I don't know. Like, I, we, less attention I mean, at that. the end of the day, you kind of realize like, oh, this is about us. This story is about the pores rising up no, and winning. Not. So I, I kind of forget that's about that's a big the problem I have is that it's not about that. What'd you say, Nate? Yeah, I, I like forget about that. Like I almost I read this book and I know like, yeah, it's they're rising up and there's this, you know, revenge for this wife and everything. But because of the strong character to character dynamic, like I almost forget about that until it is mentioned because I just enjoy 
kind of yeah what, you, what, what i'm reading yeah. it for is these character interactions yeah yeah, yeah. and character yeah. Development. and then like they're like oh he sees the video of his wife um finds out she's pregnant and it's like oh okay so it's like quickly reminding me like oh yeah he's obviously doing this because you know he's a kid and he's just upset <laughs> and then like i forget about that again until it's mentioned I just thought sure. I, I agree. I, guess, first. I really like just the character to character. Shit. Yeah, I guess one of the big problems that I have though is like in any given moment, two characters interacting is really good, but all the things that happen to our characters, so the way that we see our characters change, like in between individual moments, like it just feels like you're forcing them into positions. Like you have this, you've you've written parts of dialogue together but you haven't figured out how two different pieces of dialogue are drawn to each other. And so you have to force characters to be different people all of a sudden, because we have this dialogue that has to happen. Like we aren't, we aren't shifting things around the story where we're like shifting the story because we want characters to interact with each other in different ways. And they, there it's you're like grinding gears together like it's really bad for the store like for like the cohesion of the book to me because like you're not it's not clear you're just like forcing things to happen i tuned out i'm sorry it's fine <clears throat> but yeah, yeah i mean so... i enjoyed it I don't know what to say. Yeah. It's one of my favorite series currently. What was the yeah, time? I think, think the series really yeah. bad. We'll, I don't recommend we'll it. Isle of Dog shit. Ooh. Yeah. So give me a bowl. <laughs> give me a bowl. And I'll enjoy it. All right. Two weeks. Iron Gold. Oh. Boo. Wait, why did I the think are bad. out yet? What's that? I'm sorry? How come I thought these, the uh, book four wasn't out yet? Uh, book oh, no, four it's and out. book five are out, right? Yeah, yeah, he's really? writing book six right now. Maybe that's it. And Maybe book six is supposed to be the end, started. right? Of the the next trilogy, yeah. Oh, so there's going to be more. I don't know. No. Probably. Oh, wait, you're, you're the, you're the one who follows all the social media for this stuff. I just know he's writing book six. I I know he wrote what? like three or four hundred pages of book six and then threw it all away. <laughs> he like showed a picture of him throwing it in the trash. What the he's fuck? Like, he's like, uh, this is, did not work. He's like, this is not good. I'm starting over. What was uh, I thought you said that there was one of these books in the series where it like the whole story gets away from Darrow. I mean, it doesn't get like away from Darrow, Darrow's still involved. They just introduce new introduce characters and new, new character perspectives, yeah, exactly. So it, it goes away from the first one person character perspective and goes into multiple, yeah. Like, I my understanding is that Iron Gold follows like some little girl, Darrow, and even Cassius, a few other people. It, yeah. it, so it goes beyond, right? Because it's like the aftermath of this book and like rebuilding civilization essentially and the new the government and all that stuff. And then they take you into the viewpoints of different people at different places within who it's impacted and then how their stories kind of intermingle. So, so like yeah. an early Guy Ritchie movie. Are these viewed as uh, separate trilogies? In a way, yeah, because they take place like 10 years later yeah. after the Can we do like a break book instead? Now nah, we're going to just continue. I mean, I'm fine with the break oh book. God. I'm fine with the break book. I mean, it's a good if you're going to do a break, this is a good time to do a break book. This is yeah, good That's time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting so annoyed with these books. 
Okay, then we'll do Gideon the Ninth. Anyone else have any other recommendations? I don't have any because I, oh, I I wouldn't mind doing Poppy War. I've heard. Poppy I, War I've been seeing good, but that's it, a trilogy. I've been seeing it so come uh, out. Oh, yeah. That's a trilogy? There's, okay. Yeah, I think there's a book called The Shadow of the Gods that I heard was really, really, really good. Um, and I think it's just a standalone <laughs> book. We can do Let's Seven that. Eves. That sounds cool. Shadow of the Gods. Who's it by? Shadow of the Gods? Uh, John Gwynn. I think I might actually have that on my Kindle. The gods have left, but they've left also a shadow of the gods. Dun, dun, dun. In a world where the gods are no longer here, but it's is forever like 18 night. hours on Audible. Ragnar must fight to survive. The shadow of the gods. I either have Hi, it on my Kindle or I had it on my Goodreads. Not sure. Um, Burger by John. By John Gwynn. Yeah, G W Y N N E. It's got a it's dragon, got a dragon on, on it. I fucking already like it. I love dragons. Oh, here's a publisher summary. From acclaimed fantasy author John Gwynn comes the first in the Bloodsworn trilogy. An epic of wild lands and wilder magic, where not all monsters fight with tooth and claw, and the treasure of the gods come at a price. Not a bad announcer voice. Blood I didn't realize it was part dream. of a trilogy. Oh no, I, I the, the one I have from John Gwynn in my <sighs> reads is uh, Malice, which is come which came out earlier this month. This is the uh, age, age, age of storm and murder. I <laughs> know. Oh, actually, no. I do have. I do have the it's blood murder. sworn saga. I do have the blood uh, sworn saga on here. I just couldn't find it on Overdrive. Yeah, I don't think I've read anything by John Gwynn before. I just saw like a review of it that was like praising it up and down. Called it called it uh, an S tier book that he read so far this year, and I was like, well, I'm interested. Set in a brand new Norse-inspired world. Oh, we're gonna. Ooh, Nate, Nate, Nate's it, gonna bro. have a bunch of like Ragnar flashbacks. Fucking Ragnars and Valkyries all up in this bitch. But oh, it, it actually cool. it came out in May of this year. Like it's Shadow of the Gods. Yeah, like it, May six is when it was released. Oh, so the rest of the trilogy isn't even out then. No, this is just the one book in it. So oh, I guess it's what okay. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Then we should do it because there's no follow up. <laughs> not not for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm down. I already had it in my uh, want to read list, so I, I'm already I already know these fantasy names are gonna fucking annoy the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah. That's like my least favorite part of uh, fantasy books is the names. Really? Yeah, Virgrio, the land of Virgrio. Yeah, I have okay. It on, I, I have uh, it on hold at the library because. Uh, they only have like one copy and everyone just fucking jumped on it. So are, are we are we going to read this one? Yeah, let's do it. Let's right, do it. I, I say yay. How about you guys? I say yay. I already Before. bought it with a purchase right. or with my credit. Fine with my credit. I'm just trying to see if I can actually find a copy of it without having to buy it. Oh, you thought you already had hey, it. Hey, these authors no, so need I your had money. It, I had it on right. Goodreads um, and Overdrive is what I use to pull up so like kindle. kindle yeah um but 
since it's so new that like most libraries either don't have it or they only have a single copy and mm. they can they can only give one copy out per person. So because of licensing. So I haven't been able to grab it. Apparently, I don't know. It sounds cool. I'm excited to read it. I think I have his other book, though. The uh, oh, no, the Malice book also just came out. So apparently he's writing more than one trilogy at a time. So is this a new author? This John Gwynn? I don't know if he's a new author. All I know is that he's got two new books that have just come out. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Let's see what other books he has. Malice looks like it's part of a series. I think it's like yeah, a it's a, it's another series. series. Um, Faithful and the Fallen, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Oh no! So there was a recent republishing for Malice, but that the original publishing was in 2012. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then it has, uh, it's a series of, I think, four books. So there's uh, Malice, Valor, Ruin, and Wrath. And then he also has another series called Of Blood and Bone, which was a trilogy, which looks like that finished last year. I think this book is going to be in the perspective of like three different people, which is fine. Orca, Varg, and Elvar. I'm just wondering, like, is it going to have numbered chapters or is it going to be like Game of Thrones and Dagger in the Coin where they just name the chapters after the character it's following? Yeah, it says like chapter 28, Orca, chapter 29, Elvar. Yeah, chapter okay, 30, so it's, it's like that then. Yeah, so but it's three different names. So maybe those are going to be three different people. That was one issue I had with, with Dagger in the Coin is that like it has like six different perspectives you got to follow in just the first book. That's where I was getting lost in those uh like blade itself trilogies there's just so much information you had to remember oh actually i picked up the the trade paperbacks for those they didn't have uh last argument of kings though oh really yeah they had they had like four copies of the first two no last argument of kings and then they also had several copies for the age of madness series hmm yeah, that, that bugged me. What's that blue guy on your shelf? Is that a Meeseeks? That's Bender. That's Bender yeah. Bending Rodriguez. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I can see yeah. it. See yeah, and then, then there's an R2 next to him. Ah. 1982 or 81 R2-D2. I named my cat Zap Brannigan. Nice. Does he wear Does a velour he... suit? <laughs> He's just a prick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds like cats to me. Yeah. 